I love that part of the video where it, uh, it talks about that uh, I take seriously who it is that God says I am. Uh, how many of you, if I were to say, when you walked in the door, okay, I want you to give me three words or three phrases about yourself that you would have described yourself as holy, pure, and unblemished. Uh, most of us probably struggle with that's who we are. Um, those are probably not the words that we use. Uh, we, we spend a lot of our effort and a lot of our time trying to talk ourselves out of that we're holy and pure and unblemished. Listening to those voices that tell us that we're broken and that we are uh, stained and that we're dirty. Um, who does God say you are? I think about my life and I often do it this way because it's just something I can relate to. I don't know all bits and pieces of your story, but I think about my life and I think, okay, so my entire life, if I really stop and think about it, I have struggled with that concept to look and think, okay, so when I was in school, when I was in high school, uh, I was what I would say academically successful. Uh, because it's not good to say you're smart, right? Because that all of a sudden, if you say you were smart, you come across as being, so you stop and go, okay, even just the word, you know, I go, okay, I was academically successful. However, I was in classes that were like the AP classes today. I would not have wanted people to define me that way. So I minimized my intelligence so that I would not be categorized a certain way. And, and really, when you think about it, that is a struggle with what other people say about me, what do I say about myself, how, how do I understand identity in a sense like that. And you can follow that all the way along. I go to college, I decided that college was gonna be my way to kind of reinvent myself. So my first year, or first semester of college, I, I tried to be Andrew. Uh, I'm Andy, I know, but I, I thought, oh, would introduce, yeah, see, I, mean, I couldn't pull off Andrew. For, for you Andrews in the room, good, I'm glad you could do it, but I couldn't, I was Andy, and so I tried to be Andrew as a way to kind of think, okay, I'm going to be more mature, it's, you know, it's, it's more professional sounding. When I get into the business world, I need to be Andrew, I don't need to be Andy, I just couldn't pull it off. But, but again, it was, it was a struggle that you stop and figure out who you are. And so you can just continue to, to follow that along. You graduate college, you start work, and that brings up a whole nother level of, am I gonna be able to pay my bills? Am I gonna be able to take care of myself, much less if I meet somebody and get married, am I gonna be able to take care of them? What does that mean about my work and who I am and, and, and who other people say that I am? And then for those of you who have been married, you know, when you get married and it brings another level of complication to, to your life, right? I mean, it's the far as, I believe in the concept to become one. I really think that's like God can do that, can make two people one, but it's not instantaneous, right? So, I mean, it takes a while to be able to stop and go, okay, I need to try to, to, to make her more important than me or for her to make me more important. But it's a struggle that, that we have. Uh, and we try to figure out how to, to live into who, 
who we are and what do other people say about us. And then if you have been blessed to have children, uh, that's another level of complication, right? Uh, so, amen. Yeah, they, they, they come out, they, they start, like they get to dictate when you sleep uh, and, and when you eat. Uh, and if there's any amount of rest involved in your life early on, and then as they grow older, at least in our world, you know, when Latham had baseball practice, we were at baseball practice. And when he had baseball games, we were at baseball games. And if he had tournaments, we would get up and go and we would spend all weekend at a baseball tournament. And, then, and it just kind of dictated. Then we had Lydia. Now we had two. Those of you who have four, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Uh, we had two. And with they, but it changes kind of who your identity is. And now we're at a point in our lives where... Latham's married and gone out and Lydia's a junior in high school and so we're like in two years we're kind of anticipating sometimes anxiously uh, sometimes reservedly uh, what that's going to look like what is an empty nest but at the same time we take care of Claire's mother my mom and dad are getting older and it requires more responsibility so we're kind of stretched to see how that goes I mean all the way through life it's this whole thing of what do other people say about us what do other people think about us? What do we think about ourselves? And then we can just follow it along and realize that probably in a few years we're going to think about what's retirement going to look like and how's that going to play out. And all of a sudden you're not working anymore, but you've grown your, you know, kind of your whole life has been identified with, with working. And then you kind of move it a few years further and you go, you're a little less mobile than you used to be. And how does that define your identity? And what does that say? You get what I'm saying? I mean, all the way through your whole life. Uh, we kind of struggle with who we are, who does the world say, who do we listen to? And I really want to challenge you today is to listen to God. I mean, listen to what the Word of God says, who you are, and who we are as His people. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Genesis. We're going to go look at Genesis chapter 1. I can't tell you how many times I've preached from this passage of Scripture from Genesis chapter 1. We can go back to it probably every week and get something different. Um, it's extremely uh, powerful, uh, the, ex, the, the, the beginning story. Um, so let's look at Genesis 1. We're going to read verses 26 through 28. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said... Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Now, what I want you to see, and you can keep your Bibles open to this passage, what I want you to see in this is this in some ways is a lot of identity language that you are created in the image and in the likeness of God. I am created in the image and likeness of God. And so God created them. God created them male and female. He created them, and then God blessed them. And so we can get bits and pieces from this passage to understand several things about who God says that we are. God in the Bible, if you're not aware of this, God in the Bible is Trinitarian. So God Father, God Son, God Spirit. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's this language that you get when God says, let us 
create in our image. God in his essence, the very nature of God is community. God has always been Father, Son, Spirit eternally in communication and in relationship with each other. And God created us in his image. God created us for this relationship and to be in relationship. God chose to speak to you. You ever think about that? We are receivers. It, it, very nas- the very essence of our identity is we are receivers of God's spirit and God's voice and God speaking into our lives. God in his infinite kindness chose to speak to you and to me. And so we have to understand who God is and who God says we are. And we get that in the Bible. We get that as God's word tells us who he is and who we are. And so one of the things that we can learn just simple from this passage is just simply that we are, we have been chosen to hear and speak to God. It's the beauty that we have of prayer. If you struggle in your prayer life, that's one of the things, I mean, it's a beautiful relationship that you have to be able to not just tell God what you want, but to be able to hear from God. And not just to hear from God, but to speak to God. The Bible says that we can bring everything. We don't have to be anxious about anything. We can bring everything to God. All your petitions with thanksgiving, take them to God. It's the beautiful part of the relationship that God offers us. The second thing I would say to you is that we are are humbly positioned as part of divine creation. And what I mean by that is there is God and there is everything else. Right? God and everything else. We had a conversation, one of the groups that I lead in the North Georgia Conference, we had a discussion, a theological discussion, and somebody asked the question, they said, so are heavenly creatures divine? Yeah, it's like, ooh. So we spent probably 30 or 45 minutes all talking about, you know, are heavenly creatures divine? And at the end of the day, where we landed, and you may agree or disagree, but where we landed was there's God and everything else. God, God created everything. So there is creation. And what this is talking about in particular is there's this lower creation here on earth, the birds, the animals, the crawling things. And then we are placed in dominion over that lower creation. That's a, that's a, a position of honor that God has placed us in. Now we can kind of distort that. And when we distort it, Several things can happen. One is we can stop and think that we are better than everything else. So we are God-ish. Maybe sometimes we think we are God. And that can distort and create problems. The other is that we are less than. So we are just lucky. We have thumbs. Uh, And so we're lucky that we're the luckiest part of lower creation. The reality is we have to claim our identity. We are are placed in dominion. We are placed in a particular position over lower creation. And we are to be responsible with that part of our identity. We are image bearers, as Dwayne prayed. The third thing I would say is that we um, we are made to reflect the image of God. Think about like a mirror. We are made, we are created to be a mirror of God. We are created to be able to show God. God, even though God is spirit, God wants to be visible on this earth, right? I mean, God wants the world 
to, to see him. And so he sent Jesus Christ. Look at this passage in Colossians 1.15. It says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. In John chapter 14, it says, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. We are created to reflect God to the world. So if God is loving, then we are supposed to go and be loving to our neighbors. Right? If God is truth, then we are to go and be truthful. We're supposed to have truthful conversations so that other people are able to see truth in us and in essence be able to see the Father in us. That if God is forgiving, we're supposed to be forgiving because... We reflect the image of God. So when people see us being truthful, well, wow, you know, appreciate your honesty. appreciate your truthfulness. Well, God is truth, and I want to reflect the image of God. And so I speak truth today. Or, wow, I can't believe you forgive me. Well, God is forgiving. See, it's not about us. It's about God. And so we are created to reflect that image to God. And then the fourth I would say is that we are blessed to be a blessing. Think about this. It says God created them male and female. And then God blessed them. So what did Adam and Eve do to receive the blessing? Nothing. They didn't do anything. It says God created them and God blessed them. And so what this means we think about, we, are, we sometimes are so corrupted in our view of God that we feel like we have to manipulate God in order to get the blessing. We gotta, we gotta talk God into it in order to be able to bless us. Ours is a God who begins with blessing. Ours is a God who wants to bless us. Ours is a God who is filled with grace. Ours is a God who is filled with love. Ours is a God who is filled with mercy. Ours is a God who is full of compassion and full of forgiveness. You're blessed to be a blessing. So if God has taught you something, you are supposed to go show that to other people. I listened to Dwayne's message, and besides knowing that the spirit was moving, appreciate that, Dwayne. Uh, besides that, I was, and this won't surprise many of you, I was moved to tears uh, at the end of the message, and it was the power of the message, for me at least, was... And if you haven't listened, if you have, if you weren't here last week, I promise you, you want to go onto the website and listen to, to Dwayne's message. The power was God had showed something to Dwayne, and Dwayne taught us. You could see and feel the power because it wasn't he wasn't teaching us about God; he was sharing with us something that God had shown him. Yes, yes. You are blessed. To be a blessing. If you have a gift, if God has given you the gift, I, I use this as an example because it's something we can relate. If God's given you the ability to sing, I mean, like you can make music, share it. Because those of us who have no musical ability, we will all tell you that there's something that when we hear people who sing, there's some power in that. Because God has given you a gift and you begin to use it to share with other people. You're blessed to be a blessing. We're not the objects of worship. God is. Right? We're not the objects. And so what I want you to understand is your identity is not something that you achieve. It's something you receive. And that frees you. 
If you can ever grasp that, it frees you from any kind of performance or competition to be able to realize that my identity in Christ is something I receive. It's not anything that I can manipulate and try to achieve. The second thing is that I am no, I am no more valuable than anyone else, nor am I any less valuable than anyone else. As Christians, we believe that everybody in this room has the image of God in them, <laughs> that we are all equally. That's the reason there's, I mean, you know, we talk about standing up and trying to be multi-ethnic. It's the reason that we can say that we, we speak against racism because we are all equal in the image of God. We can say that we speak against classism, ageism, whatever you want to speak, any prejudice, any evil of that sort, because we are all equal in the eyes of God. God has created us all in the image of God. And you think about what that can mean. So last week, we introduced the angel tree. And if you're not familiar with that, there's little cards on those. You pick those up. Those are kids who um, may not experience Christmas the way that we experience Christmas. And so it's our opportunity to be able to. And you can, you can take that gift and you can say, hey, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to do this because I want God to love me. That's manipulating God for the blessing. Or you can take it and say, you know what? This seven-year-old seven little boy is created in the image of God. This seven-year-old little boy needs to experience the provenient grace of God in his life. This seven-year-old little boy needs to be protected. You read that passage of Scripture from Psalm 91 last week. Again, think about it that way. You can pray for that little boy and you can say, God wants to protect him. God wants to, uh, to bless him. God wants to offer him salvation. And so when I give this gift, I give this gift as a mirror of God because he has created this little boy in the image of God. You see the difference? And so we have the opportunity to bless other people. You've been created and blessed to be a blessing. But the struggle is we spend all of our effort listening to those voices that tell us that we are not holy, we are not pure, that we are not unblemished. Folks, it's the enemy, and it's a lie, plain and simple. The scripture over and over again, when it talks about the enemy, it says that he's a liar, he's a deceiver. He comes to rob you of your joy. Listen to what happens in Genesis 3. Verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now Adam and Eve are here together and Adam doesn't say anything. Eve begins to engage the enemy. So you're able to see even in this conversation kind of the sin of omission and the sin of commission all together. Neither one say anything. And what Satan is trying to do in this moment is to try to diminish the authority of the word of God. To try to question Listen to how it goes on in verse five, chapter three, verse five. It says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Think about that. Leave that up for a second. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
So what the enemy says is, if you can do, if you'll eat from this tree, that you're going to be like God. Now, I have read Genesis 3. I can't tell you how many times I've preached from it. Y'all probably can't tell me how many times. But we sit there and listen to this passage. Have you ever thought, why did Adam and Eve, neither one stand up and go, I was created to be like God. I don't have to eat from this tree to be like God. God created me in his image. Our identity we can find is something that we receive. It's not anything that we achieve. God created us in the image of God. So when you feel like somebody says to you, hey, you're less than, I don't have to do anything other than receive the blessing of God. God declared me holy. God declared me pure. God declared me unblemished. I just have to receive the identity of who God says I am. Let me tell you, if you go look in the Bible, the Bible describes people in two categories. Worshippers and idolaters. We're all going to worship something. The question is what? Idolatry, we think of it as create some, some image that we bring in, a statue of some sort. But if, if God tells you to forgive a hurt in your past, and you say, well, you know what? I don't want to be forgiving. Have we made that hurt an idol? If God tells us that there's a relationship we need to work on, and we say, well, you know what? I don't want to work on that relationship. Have we made the brokenness an idol? Anything that we put before what God says. So when God tells me that I'm holy and anything that I think of that makes me think I'm not unholy, that I'm not holy, is that become an idol for me? You have to ask yourself, are you, creating, are, are, are you worshiping the creator or are you worshiping something that God created? Listen again to Romans, or listen to this passage in Romans chapter 1. It says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. We are created as image bearers. We are created to mirror God in the world. We are created as blessed to be a blessing to the world around us. What stops us? We think about our identity and who God created us to be. Anything that takes us away from that can be an idol. And so I challenge you to stop and think about who your identity is in Christ. You can't do anything to achieve it. Just simply receive it. Amen. Let's pray. Most gracious God, we are so thankful for this day, for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, I know even as we sit here and pray, I know, Lord, that there, there are many people like myself who... listen to voices in the community, voices in our families, 
voices in media that tell us that we are less than or that we're more than. I pray, God, right now that you can really open all of our hearts to your Holy Spirit and be reminded who you say we are. Help us, God, to hear your words, that we are created in your image. We are created for relationship. We are created for community. We are created to mirror you in the world. We are created to be loving. We are created to forgive. We are created to show mercy. We are created to be kind and compassionate. Help us, God to realize that we are created to be a blessing to other people. And in so doing, we show the world you, who you are. As we move into a moment of worship, again, I just invite you. If you need a moment at the altar, the altar is always open. Time for you to be in relationship with your creator. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.